DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD, if you want to follow me there on Twitter. And this is the show where we go over a little bit about yesterday's slate, look at results DB, uh, talk a little bit about, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the, the, the early, the early slate. We got it, we got an early one today. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll build, we'll build a lineup for, for, for the early slate. And, uh, and obviously answer your questions, DFS strategy questions in the YouTube chat. You post it, I answer it. That's that's the way it goes. Hit that thumbs up button if you're in there, right? Give me those dummy thumbs. Keep the, I still don't got apple juice. Keep the water cold. Keep the water cold. I, my, my, my refrigerator is running low. Uh, the, the temperature, we have to get it fixed or whatever. So maybe, maybe more thumbs up. We'll keep, keep the stuff in the freezer cold, right? It's getting, it, it's not, all, it, it's still frozen, but it's 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 gonna it's gonna thaw at some point. So, but your thummy thumbs that you'll, you'll help the whatever frozen pizzas and hamburgers or whatever in the fridge uh, stay cold throughout the show. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Notification bell if you didn't to know when we go live. I see you guys in the YouTube chat. Daniel Hutchins, Doug Montgomery, Hog Lawrence, Jerome Lewis, Michael Dompier, Julian Wilson, Eric Hiltfold. I see you guys in there, and. Uh, Depending on how you did last night, it's really uh, dependent on the, if you took a shot on Jacob Degrom. Do we do we do we do we trust hedge funds guys anymore? The the the, the owner of the Mets was kept on tweeting out that well we're gonna get this game in. Don't worry, folks, we're gonna be playing this game. It's gonna just a little bit, just a, just a little bit uh, longer, and we're 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 playing today. And then 9.45 comes around. Nope, we ain't playing. We ain't playing. So the highest projected pitcher on the slate gets a zero. So there, there you go. So, so, some people just went all and just said, screw it. I'm not going to play. Right? The Mish, uh, OCD, Whistles. But a lot of people just, it's, um, I'm going to play. The, the, the ownership would actually go down. Uh, the ownership went, probably went down on FanDuel more. Uh, uh, DeGrum was 34% owned on FanDuel. Obviously, 45% owned on DraftKings. That was a 14 game slate. So I can understand that it's, you know, you're not going to see 60, 70%, whatever. But, but if, if you looked around projections around the industry, like with bat projections, like on FanDuel, Jacob DeGrom projected for 20 points higher than Rodon. And Rodon was barely, not, not that much cheaper than DeGrom. So, like for that big of a projection difference, even if you accounted for, even if you said in your head, you said, I think this game has a 30% chance, 30% chance of just not playing at all. And he took 30% off of, of Jacob DeGrum's projection. He'd still be the highest rejected pitcher on the slate, right? So I don't blame, if, if you if you played DeGrum tonight, I, I don't blame you. Just it's bad luck. Stuff happens, right? And it doesn't matter what Steve Cohen tweeted in the middle of it. Once it locked at 710, didn't matter, right? It may have led us on. It's like, oh, maybe I'm not going to get a zero there. But at the end of the day, it's seven, seven, ten when the game locks. Like that, that, that's when your decision gets made. But you can see here that you know, plenty, plenty. Larry Odo, Megan Joy had the ninety-five percent to drum. Royal Payne sixty-eight, a Hubro seventy-eight. I mean, seemed like the the move was to either like, like some just like didn't play him at all. Or just play, or other people just played as if the game was playing. Maybe Neil Corfield, Neil, Neil, what did he do? You can take a look at the other pitcher ownership here. It's kind of spread out. 
Because outside of DeGrom, like no one was that, that owned. I'm surprised of Nola's ownership personally. I played more Cubs than I played Nola. We see over here, 11%. I, if he was lower owned, Ian Anderson. So I, I play my, my main pitching pool yesterday on FanDuel was DeGrom, a little Rodon, a little, little, I think I had two Valdez lineups, a bunch of Ian Anderson, some Merrill Kelly, who didn't get there. Uh, on DraftKings, I, I played like three lineups and I played uh, uh, DeGrom, Anderson, Otani, and Dunning. Dunning did well. Right? I had a good lineup with Otani and Dunning with and paying up for people, but it wasn't the Phillies. wasn't the Phillies. That, that was the problem yesterday is that the, the Phillies were cheap. Uh, on I think on both sides. They were ch- obviously cheaper on DraftKings, but they were still fairly cheap for their projection on FanDuel. And then if you're playing a Philly stack, at their prices, it increased the likelihood that you'd have Jacob DeGrum in that lineup, right? So unless unless you purposely played Rodon in that spot, you'd be more likely to have DeGrum, which ends up with zero. So I'd, I'd lineups on FanDuel that had uh, Hoskins and Harper and Segura and Real Muto and Jordan Alvarez, who had like 57 points on FanDuel, and uh, and then Jacob DeGrum, zero, and just... Oops, whoops, oops, <laughs> up 227 with a zero or something, right? Like that type of lineup. So a lot, a lot of my Phil, a lot of my Phillies lineups, like I got off the board with the Astros. Like I had the, I had the right bats yesterday. If the grub pitched, I would have had a profitable day. I didn't have that big of a losing day, but I would, would have been profitable at least. Maybe I could have won. I don't know. So I had the Astros. I had the Rangers. Who else? I, I had the Cubs. Cubs are massively under-owned against Lo- Nola. Because no, because well, why would you want to play them against Nola? Who else did I have? I'm looking over here. Houston. I uh, over the field on the Cardinals, who were very low owned. Padres. Okay, I had the Padres. I had the Yankees. I mean, like I'm naming teams that all scored a bunch of runs mostly. Problem is that needed the, needed the pitching to go along with it. And obviously on Fanduel, you couldn't play Otani a pitcher because they screwed up. You play him at batter, but why would you do that? And when when he comes out of the game, he's gonna get he's not gonna he's gonna get two at bats, maybe. So I would have played Otani on FanDuel had had he been available, but they didn't. I'm just still it's it's 2021. These companies are worth billions of dollars. They still can't handle a guy that pitches and bats in the American League. I don't know why. No idea. Uh let's see. Michael Dompier says, uh, I had 65% DeGrom on DK large field GVPs, and I don't feel bad about the decision. I also had uh, OIS on all the hitters, which helped. But were you really playing hitters from that game anyway? The Mets, who the hell were they even playing? The Brewers? Yeah, they were playing the Brewers. Would you? I mean, I wasn't playing Mets yesterday anyway. I mean, I'd, I wasn't playing any bats from that game at all, so I don't even care about the stacks, right? Right, Daniel Hutchings. Says uh, Jordan, personally, I didn't incorporate weather risk and still had more to grum than any other pitcher. Would have been 80% otherwise, I'm guessing. Right. Even if, even if, like, like I said, I, I figured it's a 30% chance to postpone. And I thought I was being, I thought I was being a little aggressive with that. I thought 30% was even high. But even if you did 30%, and I'm playing mostly on FanDuel. Like the difference in projection is just ridiculous. You you bump him down. He had like a 50, 53 point median projection on FanDuel. You take 15 points off of that. 
right? I mean, what do you get? You still, you're still getting, uh, you're still getting 38 points. It's still high. It's still Rodon was 35, so he's still, he's still the highest raw points pitcher on the slate, even with taking 30 percent off the projection. So no, I've no, I've no issue with what I, I've no issue. Just uh, stuff happens. I'm not, I'm not mad. I'd be, I'd be, I. I would. It would have been better yesterday if the Phillies didn't go off. Like that was really. That's that combination of the two. That so many of my Phillies lineups, and I didn't. I, I was under on the Phillies because they were so chalky. So like the chalk bats got there, but the chalk pitcher didn't. But I most likely had them together. So I would play a four-man Philly stack with the Grum, and then the other other four spots would be the low-owned spot. It was just the way pricing works out. Uh, let's see. The chosen one asks, what's the five-game early stack looking like? I don't know. We'll look at it. We'll look at it. I'm, I'm looking through what happened yesterday. That's what we do. You have to learn from the past or you're doomed to repeat it, right? Isn't, isn't that a slogan? Is someone says that? Someone says that. I mean, because look on DraftKings. Look how... how the Phillies, obvious chalk, right? They were underpriced. Remuto, Segura, Harper, Gregorius. I mean, like, just like Vlad. I, how does Vlad get 20% owned at his price? Yeah, Toronto had the highest team total, but I guess people fit him in with two cheap pitchers. I guess if you're not playing a, a lot of DeGrom or something, yeah, I guess you could fit him in at first base. But we had, look, I mean, the Blue Jays ownership semi in. Is here Springer, Biggio, Bichette, Tioscar. People jammed in the people jammed them in on FanDuel. I mean, because the Grum was only 34% owned. When that when the lock happened, I saw 21% owned Guerrero and 15% owned other Blue Jays. I'm like, I don't know how, how they were expensive on FanDuel. Like, how do you fit that in? Well, people did. It's not like the stack got there, right? The Blue Jay stack didn't get there. The Rangers did. The Rangers got there. John Hicks, 23 points. He was the one of the highest on catchers on DraftKings. Right. It looked the Rangers were owned. Gallo, Hicks. I don't know who else. Nate Lowe. Okay, 8% Nate Lowe. A lot of people played a CDs Escobar. Why? Because he was 2K or something? He doesn't do anything. But as always, you tend you tend to look down in this five. Five to seven, four to seven percent range. Now you start seeing a lot of a lot of green, right? Cubs, right? Cubs, Cubs were underowned against Nola. I was over on the Cubs. Baez, look at Baez, four percent owned, thirty-two points. Padres, right? Three percent Machado with twenty-one points. Will Myers, right? Will my? I mean, I had him on DraftKings. Right, two percent owned. On these large slates, you could always find stacks to play. Yes, I know the Philly, the Philly, the chalk Phillies got there. We still had to play other guys in your lineup. We take a look at the the winning lineup, the Mish. Okay, so it's one, two, three, four, five, five man Philly stack, two Texas batters, and Josh Rojas. Right, you didn't you didn't even have all the best Phillies hitters, or did he? Well, he didn't have Real Muto, but he had he had Bohm instead. With Rodon and Otani. That was the winner, 220. But it's a chalk stack, and you just paired it with, you know, 
just slightly under-owned, right? This was this was a fairly chalky lineup. I mean, Hoskins was the was the lowest owned Philly, one of the lowest owned. At fifty four hundred, he's not really underpriced. The second place lineup, second place lineup had a zero in it. Wow, twenty thousand dollars with a zero. This is this this is what you'd be like. Oh my god, how did they not play this game? Right, this looked looks looked very other than Andrews in here. This looked like a lineup that I played on on DraftKings. But I played like Degrom Otani, and I played the Philly Texas five three. Right, this is a four three one. This is Harper McCutcheon, Hoskins Segura, got Brock Holt's home run, Hicks's home run, Dolls. You know he had a double, triple, something like that. Andrews. I mean, look, you you pretty much have the nuts, other than maybe Alvarez or Baez in here instead. Yeah, you take the Grum down to anyone. I mean, you win, right? A zero coming in second place. Bergona, he's in our he's in our bat chat. He's a member of Roto Grinders. Here we go. Rodon Nola. Five man Phillies. Starling Castro, Kyle Farmer, Adam Eaton. Who apparently just got DFA'd. That's what I saw in my Twitter timeline. You got Adam Engel is coming up and Adam Eaton is going down. Does that matter? That matter for the early slate today. OCD's best lineup. Tyon Lopez. He is a contrarian uh, pitcher combination. Basically, one, two, three, four Cubs, three Phillies, and Starling Marte. Four, three, one. Yeah, a little bit more contrarian of a lineup. Anil. Padres five man, which was good. You got Alvarez in there, Segura one off, Caratini. Caratini's part of the stack. Voigt, right? Voigt did well. Tyod and Gray. There's a much more contrarian lineup. Take a look at Daladino's best lineup. Quinto Lopez. Okay, didn't get enough from the pitchers. And basically stack, right? Five three of the Wrigley game. There were a lot of ways you could have gotten there, but you, you probably needed Phillies. Probably needed some amount of Phillies in your lineup. Balsamo, what is his best lineup? One, two, three, four Yankees. Three Phillies and Elvis Andrews with Rodon and Castillo. Okay. The Yankees, I thought, were under-owned. Right? 7% Aaron Judge, right? 5% Voight against Sheffield. That was a good matchup. But the that highest line, the highest lineup with the Grum was second place, and only only lost by less than three points. So if 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 Otani doesn't get the win here, right? Let's say let's say the the, the Red Sox you know tied the game up in the later innings, right? This guy would have won with a zero, fifty thousand with a zero. Yeah, it happens. It rarely happens at pitcher. I mean, you could win with a zero at a bat. A lot of times, but rarely a pitcher. Okay, that's the way things go. Oh, let's see. Let's go to the YouTube chat. A one beast mode is still asking questions that that I don't understand. Can you please review your last night's most heavily invested lineup? I still don't understand. I still don't understand why that has. And I still, you, do you still not get? Do you still not understand 
Why, what would I be telling you? Here, I'll go to my single entry lineup. Like I just, I still, I still literally don't understand. I don't, un, I don't understand what it is I'd be reviewing. I'll show you my single entry. It is an event because it didn't even cache. Is it in here? I don't even know. I'm not sure. If it doesn't cache, it's not in here. Yes, I don't know. To download the CSV. It was a Philly, Texas lineup. It was Jacob DeGrum, Shoei Otani, Philadelphia. I, uh, it was Real Muto. Basically, I, I could even tell you what the line. It was Real Muto, Segura, Gregorius, uh, Harper, and McCutcheon. And my and that means my first base, third base, and outfield slots were open, which means I put low Ibanez. And Gallo. Now, what what is that? What does that help you? The Phillies were the highest projected stack, right? Okay. So single entry. It's a 597 person contest. They were the highest projected by far. So it's like, okay, I'll play the chalk stack. I'll play the chalk pitcher, Jacob Degrom, because he projected the best. And instead of playing that, okay, now I need to find a lot lower owned pitcher and a somewhat lower owned stack. I thought Ibanez like is going to be the left out of most Rangers stacks. Low and Gallo would be fine, but I have Otani there, and it's a 597 person contest. So it's a fairly it's a fairly chalky lineup. So I made a five three. Get two teams right, and hopefully you get up there. I almost cashed. I was right under the cash line, even with a zero in my lineup. But what what, what am I reviewing? Like I don't even know. I don't even know what I'd be reviewing. Why did I choose them? Well, because they were projected best for the lowest ownage. I mean, we'll go over for the, for this early slate. I will build a $121 single entry lineup on DraftKings today. So A1 Beast Mode, when you see me build that lineup, you'll understand why I can't, what's there to review. Like what, what would I be, what would I be reviewing? Look at yesterday's projection. That's, that's, that's the best way to review. How did you get to that lineup? I don't know. Look at yesterday's projections. Let's go through the YouTube chat. He says, all we're doing reviewing MME entries. No, I, re- I just showed you what I built for a single entry. A 5-3 Philadelphia, Texas lineup. What are we learning from this, though? Obviously, you're not. Obviously, you're not learning anything. Obviously, that's why you're losing. Brittany says what they're looking for is a process you use to make lines. I I do it every day. I show you it literally every day. I've been on this show. You go go to go to plenty of shows where I show I make the lineups that I literally put in. I show you. I even upload them to DraftKings. The process is you need projections. They answer all of your questions. After that, it's just a math problem. That's what you're not getting. How did I choose to choose to, to play X player? Well, he has a project. What, what else would I choose? Here are, the, here are the projections. Like I take a look at this, this early slate right now. Okay, let's take a look at the early slate. 
I don't even know if all the lineups are in. We're probably not even going to have all the lineups in like 12. Right? Right. We don't even have it. I mean, couple up. I mean, this game's not on the slate. This is a this is a seven inning game. So we got this line. We don't got the White Sox twins lineups. We don't got the, the Tigers lineups. We got the Rangers lineup. This is refreshed, 11 16 a.m. We take a look at the pitchers. Okay. Gibson projects the highest according. This is the bat. I'm not sure what's going on with the Tampa Bay. Is Henkes, who's pitching which game? Mejia or Henkes? I don't think it matters either way. I'm not even sure if I'm playing either of them. We take a look. Casey Mize projects horribly. Okay. You take a look at this. You go, okay. Based on our ownership, Smiley's going to be the highest known against Pittsburgh. Is that true? Is that going to happen? Is Lynn, I mean, Lynn's going to get ownership. Gray's going to get ownership. This is a two-pitcher site. Gibson's going to get ownership. So I'm looking at this, okay? Let's take a look at hitters for today. Like I said, I've, I've, I, don't, I haven't looked at anything. Cooney is going to be, what, Gallo? So Texas? Is Texas chalky? That's what it looks like from the ownership. Texas, Atlanta. Cleveland, Cleveland, Philly, Cleveland is not going to be disowned. It's a seven-inning game. Yeah, this ownership is a little bit off. Seven-inning games don't get that much ownership. 24%, 27%, I don't care. We're not going to see that. Okay, so I look here. I said, based on, based on our ownership, Texas and Atlanta or whatever. Okay. We look at the stack projections. Let me reload these just in case. Go by the stack projection. Now, obviously, it shows all the games because they, they, there's no there's no function to just sort out the by slate. So we just look at the times here. Atlanta Braves, 39, 90. Right? They're the highest ceiling, but they're not the greatest point per dollar stack. We go down here. Look, let's look at the times. Texas. There's that, that's a pretty big gap between the Braves and the and the and the Rangers, right? But they're going to be the chalkiest. They're going to be the chalkiest. But the Braves project what eight point higher ceiling than the Rangers. The Rangers are still around. Look, you have the Rangers, you have the Reds, you have the Royals, you have the Pirates, you have the Twins. Like they're all within like the same range. So should Texas really be as more as owned as as every White Sox are down here? The Tigers, the Tigers are even aren't that bad either. Seventy nine ceiling, right? Obviously, this the sevening game, you know, whatever is down there. Looks like the Tigers project the worst. The twin, the tw I mean, the Twins even against Lynn don't project as badly. Same same range as everything else. So Atlanta Braves are by far the highest projected team against Will Crow. So maybe we end up with some with some Braves. But is there a need for any of this? In fact, this is kind of like where some of these pitchers are going to be owned, right? We have Sonny Gray, Drew Smiley, Lance Lynn, right? Like Pineda is not going to be owned enough. So the value of playing the White Sox, even like these are all about the same, right? All these teams like are about this. Look, look at the projection differences, barely anything. 
a point or two. There's more value in playing a team against at least one of the pitchers that's going to be owned enough. You get more relative value. Right, Pineda's up. To, is he going to be twenty eight percent owned? Okay, maybe maybe he is going to be owned. Right, so it's like Cincinnati against Singer. There, there's there's a good example. Like you're not getting as much relative value from them, even though it's the same projected type of stack. So I'd be less likely to play Cincinnati. I'd be more likely to play one of the one of the team against one of these pitchers, either Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Detroit. Minnesota or the White Sox. I'd be more inclined. Doesn't mean I do, it just means I'd be more inclined to do so. So take a look, take a look at the stack projections for those teams. I mean, Detroit comes in as like the worst. I mean, but not, not by that much. Then the White Sox. So right here, like maybe the Royals or the Pirates, depending on their prices. We just got a Tigers lineup in. Doesn't look that much different. No Cabrera. So I'm just assessing a strategy right now. I'm just like, the Braves project the best, but they're also going to be owned. So if we take a look at, at uh, Atlanta, right, most of these guys are going to be owned. But I mean, maybe not the bottom of the lineup. Like Orlando Arcia, who actually projects fairly well, point per dollar. Same for Heredia. So maybe if I do play the Braves, I play it with our Arcia in it. Something like that. Now we could start look, we could start looking at lineups now. Right? This is what I mean. A1 beast mode. This is what I mean by you're gonna see why reviewing it is gonna make no sense. I'm gonna go to the build rules. Remember, I'm building one lineup. I'm not building a whole multi, I'm not building a hundred lineups here. I'm just one, we're building one lineup. Set my unique players to two. Let's uh, make it shorter. Put 50 there. Probably going to spend most of my money. Let's see. Go to stacks. I'm going to stack. It's going to be either 5-3, 5-X, 4-4, It's going to be one, one of these. Let's just see. Let's just see a bunch. I'm going to make sure I see a bunch. Like, I'm not building a... I'm not building... A multi-entry build. I don't care what my... I just want to see a bunch of lineups. Okay? Uh, let's see. I want to see Kansas City stacks. I want to make sure to see some Kansas... Oh, come on. Some Kansas City stacks. I want to see, obviously, some Ranger stacks, some Tiger stacks. We just do the whole thing. I'm pretty much not going to play a stack at the seven inning game. So can we can we just do all 15s or something and get rid of this? All 12s? Yeah, something like that. Right. So we get that mostly. Just so, so we see stuff. Right? We'll probably do the same thing here. See a nice mix of lineups. Of all of these, use team max exposures by stack type. Do we need that? We'll see. Maybe I need. Maybe I need to go go to a hundred or something just so I just so I get lineups. There we go. Remember, like I said, I'm building one lineup. I'm doing this to decide on what lineup I'm going in. Like you're assuming that I'm going in, and I'm just 
oh, I want to play this guy and that guy. and this. No, I'm deciding what lineup I want to play in its full, in its entirety. And people are talking like, like the chosen one. Pittsburgh doesn't strike out much. It's already in the projection. I don't have to even, I don't even worry about, I don't even care about. Michael Dampier says, I assume Gibson and Smiley are chalky chalk. Yeah, more and more, this looks like uh, I will be building a Pirates lineup. More and more, this seems like. Do we have their starting lineup at least? I mean, they're cheap. I mean, look on, uh, this is DraftKings, right? Okay. I mean, most of of the bottom of their line, I mean, it's not good. I mean, Nagowski is 2,400. Stallings at least fills a catcher spot. They have a four-run total, and typically you don't see that from the Pirates. If a smiley's going to be owned, it's it's worth more to me. So okay, here now we now we get lineups. Okay, we get a lot of Acuna. We get a lot of Braves in here. Okay, so we're looking here. Okay, we got a five-three, Waka, Gibson. I don't mind playing a pitcher from a seven-inning game. Is what, how many pitches is Walker going Walker gonna to pitch, though? Is he going to pitch enough? I guess so. I mean, he would have pitched like five innings. He would have pitched like five innings. What was his pitch count? I just want to make sure. So obviously, Cardi's on top of it. I mean, he five or Yeah, he, he pitched. I mean, yeah, he just had a bad outing. Give him three home runs. Give yeah, it. He pitched five innings to, to seven strikeouts. Okay, no, Vaca's fine. Especially if people aren't going to play him. You take a look at the pitcher projections. I mean, no pitcher. I mean, no pitcher stands out. I mean, even in raw points, like Walker projects for more than Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn's ten k. This just. This, to me, this screams based on these projections. This screams to me that you don't have to pay up a pitcher. It's not going to matter as much. So go into the to lineups. So I see the okay. We got we I could I could sort by teams. Here's some brave stats. Walker Gibson, Polanco. This is one against Lynn. Luke Roy, Freeman, Riley Swanson. <coughs> Here's kind of a game stack. So I'm looking at these projections. Okay. So I'm going to get rid of Atlanta. So here, this is this is what our goal is. We're playing a single entry contest. We're playing a contest that's only, I think today's is only like 280 entries total. So we care going to care much more about the projection than we are about the lower ownership. Okay. If we run the optimal from the bat, the ownership is around 178. Fantasy put the median projection is 100, 100.9. Well, one, let's just call it 101, 101, 180. So really we should be trying to find a lineup that is as close. That is st- that is correlated. I mean, this is kind of correlated, right? We got one, we got some Atlanta in here. One, two, three, four. We got a four. And yeah, this is still, even with Atlanta, it's still correlated. It's, it's, they're stacked even in the optimal. 
So we've got about a 101 lineup median wise and a 178 ownership. So we're looking for something maybe what 97, 98 with a 120 or something, you know, like something like that. So we don't want this high ownership. We don't want one set. We don't want 178 in there, right? Even though this has Nick Gordon and Warnich and Waka, we want something lower than this. So look, compared to this lineup, 99, 162, right? That's about proportional, I guess. You're getting a little less ownership. You're giving up about one and a half points to this. Okay, so you go down. 136, oh, this is much better. This is a much better lineup. 136 ownership for not that much difference. Comparison to that, okay? Here's 191. See, this is way too much. This is a royal stack with Waka and Smiley, who we have as 52% on. This is assuming that the ownership is correct, okay? So you're going through here. Like I said, with Smiley's ownership, I believe the, the Pirates offer more relative value. So let's take a look at some of these Pirate stacks. Okay, 97 at 155, 96 at 187, 96 at 163, 96 at 153. Let's see, 95 at 107. Ooh, I like that. I like this. Let's let's save that one. Right, a five-man Pittsburgh with three-man Cincinnati. Winker, Naquin, Votto, Gibson, Waka. Okay, so this is all I'm looking at. A1 beast mode. 95.78 at 107. Okay. I don't know if do I need the projection because the, the optimal is 101. So like what? I'm giving up five points and I'm gaining a ton of ownership for single. I, I, I like being more leveraged. So you take a look down here. 130, 130, 160, 94, 99, 113. Similar type of lineup. Just it's a 4-4 with Pineda and Gibson. We go down here's Brady Singh. Yeah, now, now we're getting into for single entry. I wouldn't, I mean, obviously with at 170 ownership, 93 is just not good enough for this ownership level in comparison to other lineups. But we don't even have to give up this much projection for a single entry contest. So there's there's some Pittsburgh lineups that we could look at. Who are the other pitchers that we're looking to attack for relative value? Gibson, Gray, Pineda, Lynn, maybe. People are gonna overplay Lynn, maybe. So we want to look. At, let's let's look at let's look at Minnesota lineups against Lynn. Okay, we're gonna go back. We made enough lineups. I mean, you could make more. So we're gonna look at Minnesota lineups. Ninety-seven at one forty-one is the best right here. You got a Cunha one-off, Waka Gibson, Perez. I mean, it's not bad. It's not as good as the Pirates lineup that we were looking at. 141, just looking at ownership. 128. Swanson Acuna, here's, I mean, it's not bad. 96 at 115. Okay, this is a little better. You're still playing kind of chalk Braves. You're playing Cruz, Larnage, Polanco, Karoloff. Okay, we can take a look at it. This looks like Based on the ownership, 96 at 115, that's about the range that we're looking at. So let's save that lineup. That's the Minnesota lineup. So what other lineups are we looking at? Remember the pitchers that we're attacking. Let's look at Detroit against Kyle Gibson. See, this lineup you could play Smiley in. 
92. Oh, the projections are much lower. But yeah, the Tigers project the worst on the slate. Right? So the best Tiger, let, let's save the best Tigers lineup. The best Tigers lineup is Waka Smiley at a 5-3. Well, 4-3-1 with this. I probably don't play it, but it's the best Tigers lineup. And what other? We're looking for the White Sox against Pineda. Right? There's another for relative value. Smiley Gibson. See, look, 204. Right, right, because you're playing very heavily on pitchers. 204, probably not. 163, 201, 210, 133. Okay, we're getting there. 95 at 133. Can we get 94 at 114? Is that doable, or would you like this one better? At 133, get the White Sox. It's a 4-4 with the... And the Royals attack gray, obviously. So maybe we maybe we take a look at this lineup. This may be the best Royals lineup also. So the Royals is the leverage on Sonny Gray. So let's take a look at Kansas City lineups. Right, 191, too high, 149, 221, 148. Trying to get in that range. Trying to get in like somewhere 120, yeah, right, yeah. That's that lineup, right. We're coming back to that lineup with the White Sox. So you're getting leverage on Lynn and leverage on Gray at the same time. So I don't mind the slightly lower projection. Okay. So now let's take a look at the save lineups. Okay. So look, 96 at 115, 95 at 107, 95 at 133. So yeah, this lineup just doesn't cut it out. 92 at 114. Yeah, this... This lineup's a little too low projected. This lineup has nice leverage, though. It's like double leverage against the two or two of the chalkier pitchers. I see for the trade-off, I still prefer this this pirate stack against Smiley and using Gibson and Walker together. Stallings, Frazier, Hayes, Dubit, Reynolds. You still you look using pretty good hitters. Using three lefties against Singer. Okay, that's fine. I mean, but, but this, this lineup is okay also. And now you're using Acuna, chalky Acuna, but you're, you're stacking against, against Lynn, right? This is stacking against Pineda. Okay, I forgot. So this is Pineda and Gray leverage. This one is stacking against Lynn. Like, I don't mind any of these three lineups. If you were to play any of these three lineups in a single entry contest, I, I think that's fine. Right, this one has a slightly lower projection and a slightly higher ownership, but it's also like double leveraged against two, two fairly lucky pitchers. So I don't mind giving up a little. So I hope you, I hope you're getting it a one beast mode. Like why, why did I play? Like I'm gonna uh, let if I'm, if I'm gonna play this lineup, right? Let's just say, like, do we play this lineup? We'll vote on it. Maybe we'll just vote on it. Maybe the YouTube chat will just vote on it. Which one do you want to play? You want to play the Pirates against Chalk Smiley? To me, that seems like the easiest thing to do. Smiley's the worst pitcher out of all these guys. You play the Pirates against Smiley. Do you play the Twins against Lynn? Or do you play the double? Do you play the Royals against Gray and the White Sox against Pineda at the same time? They all have Gibson in it. So, you know what's going to end up happening? 
the Pats are going to do fine and the, the Tigers, they're going to do well. And the Gibson gets killed. <laughs> Gibson should have been the pitcher we were attacking. But according to, based on the projections, I don't think so. I mean, Gibson's not going to be that owned for 9,100. And he's the highest raw points pitcher, according to the bets. Michael Dampier says he likes the Cincinnati-Pittsburgh lineup. I do too. But I hope you see, how did I create it? Did I tap on players? Did I say, this guy's going to do well? Or that? No. I looked at lineups. I looked at projections. What's the median? What's the ownership? What type of contest am I in? I have to put in the back of my head because it's not going to calculate the relative value for me. That's why I said I didn't want to play uh, stacks against Brady Singer. It's a small slate as it is. I want to get as much relative value as possible if I can. So, yeah, the Reds are facing Brady Singer, but I'm not purposely, I'm getting less from them because Brady Singer is in less lineups. Sean V says, uh, Smiley has figured out how to stifle power, so I have no interest in Pittsburgh. We need homers to win GPPs, not singles. And who says that the Pirates can't? You're mentioning something that I don't, that's already in the projections. It's already in there. I do not, did I mention a baseball stat at all? Not at all. All of the stuff you're talking about baseball is already in the projections. If Smiley was that good, he wouldn't, the Pirates wouldn't project as, as what they do. Right? I'm not saying they project all that well. The Braves, pretty much on this slate, the Braves, if they fail, like any team can win. Right? Votto, Daquan, Winker, obviously they have power against Zinger, but who says the Pirates stack? You're looking to win, you're looking to win first place. I don't need the Pirates to put up 10 runs. It's it's a five slate with one seven inning game. What one, two, three, four, four games late? Five, okay, five games late. It's down here. How many points do I need? And if the Pirates are going to be low-owned because Smiley's going to be high-owned, then I get I get more value playing them. And the baseball stuff's already in the projections. So, yeah, so let's so I'll play this. Play this lineup right here. I'll get rid of these two. I'll play the 5-3 Pirates-Reds with Gibson and Waka. Based on the bat projection. Let's see, did anything change? Just make sure that Waka projection. Worth no, okay. I mean, Smiley projects better than him. Anything else change? No. Still don't know what's going on with Cleveland. I don't think it matters. People are arguing in the YouTube chat about your 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 you're arguing about baseball. I do not care about baseball. Like I will repeat that. I do not care one bit about baseball. It's already taken care of in the projections. I'm just using game theory in the numbers. That's it. It's already done for you. 
I can't play this guy because of it's already in the number. It's already the Tigers. The, the Tigers suck against Gibson. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, because it shows that. I mean, that's that's what we see. It's not that hard to to see why the Braves against Will Crow. I mean, just common sense, but it would show in the numbers already. So what do I have to look at? Gibson against the Tigers. Oh, okay, that seems like a good matchup, right? Okay, well, that's why he projects well. According to that, according to this, if you look at according to the projections, the Pirates ceiling. So we're not even going by median. They're ceiling, right? Obviously, we have the Braves are up here, ninety. Okay, but we we could all agree on that, right? We look at the ceiling. If we ran this out a hundred thousand times, the ceiling for the Rangers, eighty-two point nine five. 81.96 for the Reds, 82.96 for the Royals, 82.75 for the Pirates, 82.28 for the Twins. The Tigers 79.24. The White Sox 81. So what's the what's the what's the difference? Well, I would play the Reds over the Pirates. Why? Technically, the Pirates actually have a slightly higher ceiling than the Reds. But they have a hit. I don't care. It's already in the numbers. Anything you say to me is already in the numbers. It's already factored in. Against Drew Smiley. It's already in. The, it's already in that. All I could see is that all these teams look about equal. So if they're about equal, why shouldn't I be? Why? Other than the Braves. I, okay, the Braves project much higher. But outside of this. And then you think. From a game theory perspective, you get more values from Pirates hitters than you do from White Sox hitters. Because Smiley's going to be more owned than Pineda. Smiley's going to be more owned than anyone else. If, if, this, if this ownership is right, you're going to get more value from Pittsburgh than you would from KC, than you would from Detroit, than you would from Minnesota, than you would from the White Sox. Right, and it and they're all about equal. I mean, other than the, the Tigers, like the Tigers don't project as well, okay. But Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Minnesota, and the White Sox, we I just showed you that they all they're they're all about the same, right? Right, Rangers are a little, a little bit high, like eighty two point nine five, but Casey Mize is not even going to be owned. It's like the Rangers and the and the, the Rangers and the uh and the Reds aren't as valuable. Because when your points go up, not many lineups are coming back down because the, the pitchers aren't as owned. So that's why I look at this and I go, okay. So if all things being equal between those teams, between Pittsburgh, Minnesota, and the White Sox even, well, Smiley's going to, based on our projected ownership, going to be more owned than even those. So why not play Pittsburgh? All those teams are about equal. And there you go. And you build the lineup. Done. We can look at multiple Pittsburgh lineups. Like, let's say we build, get rid of this and just go 100%. Oh, I can't even do it that way. Okay. So let's just do 100% Pittsburgh lineups and just see what happens. Do we have to build two? Do we have to build 100 of them? No, probably not. Build 40. 
Let's just put unique players one. Just see the best. Right, 49 5. Okay. So here we go. So the lineup that we have saved, right? Get rid of this one. 95, about almost 96, 96, 107. It's pretty good. Okay. 99, 141. 99, okay, we get rid of this one. We don't care about that one. Right, 99, 141. So we, we get some Braves, and essentially it's a 431 with Braves. Okay, get rid of that. Get rid of this one. Get rid of that one. 171, 141. If we want to step, basically, if we want to stack that game, 4 4. I'm relying on more on the fact that the Braves are going to be. The Bra I, I like the fact that I have no Braves in that lineup for a GPP. I like the fact because this lineup wins when the Braves fail and Smiley fail. Like the two chalk pieces, the Braves and Smiley, right? Do they fail or just not perform that well? Then this has a much better chance of winning because they're negatively correlated to that. It has no Braves. And it has the team facing Smiley. So I almost I almost like the fact that I don't have any Braves in the lineup, even though they project the best. What's, what's the easiest path for me to win first place in the GPP that I'm playing? So go back here. So any, anything with anything with Braves, we're getting rid of, right? Braves, because they're going to project well. I mean, look, Acuna's in 97% of lineups. So we don't play Acuna. What's the first lineup with Acuna, right? We're going to have to go through a bunch of lineups. Let's see. Just delete, 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 delete. Okay, here's one without a queen. 170, right. You got Freeman, Benatendi, Gallo. So it's a 5-1-1-1. Five, five, one, one, one. Okay. We'll save that. We'll look at that. One without a queen. Basically, let's keep on going. No queen, no queen, no queen. I think there's only three lineups with no queen. No queen, no queen. How many more do we have to go? Or is that the only one? Is that the only one we found? <laughs> okay, so let's say we played this. So I'm going to save this lineup. Okay, let's look at the two comparisons. Right? This one without, this one that we were going to play, right? 107. This one has 167. The difference in projection is obviously lower. Obviously, this is a projected better lineup, but it still has a Brave in there. So let's do it. Let's let to make it an easier comparison. Let's do this. Let's just X out the Braves. Let's X out the Braves completely. We don't even have to worry about it. So just X out the Braves. And then now let's run it. So now we have something to compare it to. Okay. So here we go. There's a 4 3 1. 97.39 at 145. Okay, here's, here's a 5-3-1, a 5-1-1-1. Breu, Benatendi, Winker at 123. Okay, let's save that. 122, let's save that. 112, let's save that. 122. 127, uh, let's see if we get any lower. Let's save that. Just to take a look. Okay, 96-49. 
right, here's, here's the one that we had before. Luis Arias over there. Okay, so nothing lower than what we had before. Okay, so let's go to those state lineups. Okay, so based on this, the highest one is 98 at 167. Okay, that's a little too high. So we'll get, okay, so now I got 123s. 97. So this is one, Abreu, Benatendi, Winker. Okay, with Gibson and Walker. Here's one with Benatendi, Wicker, Votto. So basically, it's not that much different than the lineup that we had other than Naquin is in here, right? That lineup, that 5-3 lineup, has Naquin instead. So Naquin, 95-78 at 107. So, I mean, these all still have Winker in the lineup, right? These all have Winker. Winker and Benatendi. And Benatendi is going to be fairly decently owned. Right? Here's Kepler. Like, I almost prefer this lineup, if anything. So let's get rid of the Benatendi lineups. Right? So you have Kepler in here. So we've got the five Pirates. Winker. It almost feels like I'd rather just have the correlation of the 5-3 at this point. Like, what am I gaining? 96.87. I mean, barrel up point. A point, and it's still slightly higher on. And this is more correlated. Yes, so I, I still prefer the 5-3 lineup. So yeah, I'm still down to this. So there you go. Now, this is obviously, I would be talking to myself when I'm building lineups and doing something like this. But here's the process. Here's my, this is going to be the single entry 121 lineup that I'm playing today on DraftKings for this early slate. I will literally be putting in it. I could do it. I could, I'll put it in my, I technically, I'll put it in my phone. I don't use a CSV for one lineup. But there you go. Michael Dampier asks, based on what you see, would you think about playing Crow based on Atlanta being by far the best offense? The problem that comes in when you try to do leverage that way is that you typically don't gate enough, right? You go, well, everyone's going to be playing these bats, so I'm going to play the pitcher against them. Like, well, the stack could still fail and the pitcher fail too, right? So Crow could have... 10 points, the Braves put up four runs and the five-man stack doesn't get there. But you still lose, right? You still have a low-scoring pitcher. So even though it's negatively correlated, you're... Yes, if the if the Braves get shut out and Will Crow pitches seven innings and eight strikeouts, yeah, oh, sure, but that's obviously, that's obviously a, a low probability occurrence. Yes, it'll be 1% on, but look, look, Waka is 3%. Like, look at the other pitchers. Play Brady Singer. You can play, you, you can find other pitchers. You don't have the, the ability the other way around where if Smiley's going to be 52% owned, like Smiley, Smiley's going to fail. Like as long as, as long as the bats go through, the bats are low enough owned, the Pirates, that how many points do I need from them? The Braves, the Braves only scoring four runs today fails. It doesn't mean that Crow gets there. The Pirates putting up four runs today, they could they could be the winning stack at their ownership, as long as the Braves fail also, right? If, if Smiley gives up four runs to the Braves, to the, to the Pirates, Smiley fails, the Pirates stacks, they don't score a lot, but they may score enough for the slate, as long as the Braves get 
the Braves stacks fail. Yeah, if one guy hits two home runs, then you're obviously going to need that guy. Adam Pantato says, doesn't make much sense how Vegas team total is a full point higher on the Reds than the Pirates, but that other pages of Pirates have a higher median ceiling. Yeah, because who cares about the team totals? It's already in the projections. Everything is in the projections. How many times do I have to say that? Right, Daniel Hutchings has it perfectly right. The question is, is there something actionable that is not in the projections? But the answer is almost always no, right. Right, someone mentioned before, who knows what side of the bed they woke up. But yeah, but how, then how are we supposed to, fact, when, when does that happen? Do we, do we know that? No, we never know that. So we can, we can only, we can only quantify what we know. This is what we know. And everything that we can quantify and, and analyze and back test and, and plot out and do everything for is, is, in the, is already in, especially the bad projections. It's a lot more variables than a lot of other projection sources. Okay, it does, is everything accounted for in the projections? Everything that has any predictive power is. Anything that doesn't have predictive power, then feel free to just say, uh, when uh, I feel, it, when I turn to the left and I put my head on my hand, uh, right-handed batters that are six foot two do well. Like how, how do you, could that be true? It doesn't make sense that it could, it, that it could be true, but how do, you, how do you measure that? How do you, sure. One of these one of these pitchers today, one of these pitchers today woke up and got into an argument with their wives, and he's in a bad mental state, and maybe he tries to throw too hard, and his losses control. Like, okay, yes, you'd be absolutely right. The projections can't factor that, but can you? How do you know? Right? How does anyone know? So unless you have, unless unless you have someone unless, unless unless you're that pitcher's wife. Unless you're in that clubhouse, how, the, how how would you know? You wouldn't. So why are we considering it? Why would why would we be even thinking of it? We wouldn't. So this is the lineup that I make. I got to put it in for twelve minutes later. So this is this is this is how I make a lineup. This is how this is how most top uh, daily fantasy players make lineups. In fact, my process is even more manual than most top players. Okay? So just to put things into perspective. Mine, most, most is, it's just, all of what I just did is going to be automated. They'll factor it. They'll, they'll calculate ownership. They'll calculate all the stuff. They'll run a simulation of the 121 single entry contest. And find the lineup that has one of the highest expected values and then play it. And there you go. And they may not even, they may not even know what lineup they have in there. They literally, do, they would let you say, so how's your single entry lineup going for the 121? Go, I don't even know who's in. Okay. Cause it's all, it's all numbers based. Now my manual process is, uses the same exact concepts. It just has, has no automation to it. And, and it's not exact. Maybe one of those other lineups that has the one-off is slightly better. 
if you ran a simulation 10,000 times. Maybe the Benetendi lineup that I had here maybe shows to show a slightly better profit. Maybe. But I'm close. Just by using the numbers. We already have the numbers from the projections. You have the total median, the total ownership, and you have game theory. That's why, you know, using the Pirates against, if Smiley's going to be 50 plus percent owned, and the Pirates, according to the bat, are just as good as any of these other teams, it's more valuable to play the the, the Pirates because my opponents, 50% of my opponents will have the pitcher in that line. Does it mean the Pirates do well today? I have no idea. I'm not predicting anything of what's going to happen today. I have no idea. All I know is that the lineup that I built has most likely, obviously I don't know all the other lineups of the contest yet, most likely has a higher chance of finishing first place than many of the other lineups in the contest. That's it. That's my goal. It's to create a lineup that has a better shot, more first place equity than other lineups in the contest in, in general, on average. Now, obviously, the weaker players you're playing against, right? You're playing against bad players. My lineup doesn't have to be the best. If I'm playing against the greatest players in the world, this lineup may actually be the worst out of 10 lineups, right? Other, Maybe they built better lineups. But against bad players, I mean, you don't have to have the best. There's going to be enough dead lineups in there that have very low expected values. So that's why the number one thing, as I mentioned in my course, theoryofdfs.com, most important thing for your profitability is who you play, not what you play. So this is the lineup that I'm going to put in. So hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door. Hit the subscribe button if you do here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We've got Grinders Live later, later today. And uh, let's see, let's see what happens. Am I predicting the Pirates are going to do well? No, I'm just predicting that if the Pirates do well, I have, a, I have a better shot at winning first place. And the probability of the Pirates doing well is as good as any other team on the slate besides the Braves or the Tigers, right? The Tigers have the lowest probability. The Braves have the highest probability. But in comparison, I wouldn't first more often when the Pirates do well playing this line. Hopefully it gets there. 5-3, if, the, if I get the Pirates, the Reds, and Michael, watch it. I hope he pitches five innings. I'll be good. So we'll see. So this is how I build a single entry line. So it's like, what am I, am I clicking on? I'm going to play Adam Frazier because of X. It's already in the numbers. Like, what? I'm not looking through like splits or stats or anything. It's already, the numbers are already there. I'm looking for a lineup that has a requisite enough projection for a low enough ownership for the contest that I'm playing. That good balance between the two. And then play that lineup. Have it be correlated, right? And there you go. You're done. You're done. Single entry. There you go. So there's there's the there's the example. So what would I review tomorrow? So that's the point. So it's like, okay, can you review this lineup? What am I going to do? I'm going to review this the same thing that I would show you. Based on the projections and based on the ownership, this is the lineup that I felt had the highest expected value. Well, why did you play Cabrian Hayes? I have no idea because he was... Did, 4,300 in this. It was correlated with other pirates. I mean, what else would I be telling you? That's it. But we'll review what sharp players did yesterday for the late slate, for the, the normal, the main slate tomorrow. 
because that's what we that's what we normally do here. Use results DB, use lineup HQ, answer your DFS strategy questions. 11 o'clock in the morning, Monday through Friday, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.